Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good afternoon and welcome, everybody. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV on a fine Redemption Thursday. You and yours, I'm Jeff. That is Tom. Director Matthew is in the house on Twitter. It's at Jay Cameron Show. Great to be with you. We've got picks. We've got football talk. We've got good times. we got hours speeding by moving towards the game that I am so Eagerly anticipating that being Florida State, Miami. We got a crew on the road right now. Well, one one member of our crew on the road right now. Another two going tomorrow. And uh, Warchant report is up on Warchant.com. Myself, Ira Aslan. It was fun to do. Tom, what you you got something up right now? I didn't check the site this morning. I know that's. Uh, I, I know. You, I think you did something on Hamilton. Uh yes. Well, from the show. Basically, yeah, the Jeff Cameron show. How about that? It was a news story cited from this show's interview yesterday with Coach Hamilton, which you can find everybody on Warchant TV on demand. Uh, but those comments were strong. That was his first on-the-record response to the Boba Miller suspension, so you, it was noteworthy. You know what I think is funny, Tom? And that's just a good thing. That um, I guess you just you do something for a long time, and you develop relationships, and, and you have conversations, and sometimes you forget people are listening to them. Like I, I, uh, I really like Leonard Hamilton, and so I, I, I talk to Leonard, like, and I don't go out to dinner, but I, if I see him, if I run into him in the community, we talk, we say hello. He asks me how the family's doing. I talk to him, ask him how he's doing. Right. It would not be the case with every single coach at Florida that, that, State. That's yeah. that's correct. Right. So we do have that kind of a rapport, and it, so when yesterday or the day before. Uh, Basically, they reached out and said, uh, you know, basketball season's coming up. When do you, when would you like to have Coach on? Because they know I always do. It's a standing invitation on the Jeff Cameron Show for Hamilton to join us. And I know how busy he is when the season gets started and all that stuff. So, And, you know, Chuck Walsh, of course. And So, anyway, I, I, you know, he and I were talking and just kind of shooting the breeze. And he said, well, you want Ham on this week or next? And I was like, well, let's, let's get him on. Let's get him out in front. Let's, let's get him on right away. So Chuck doesn't say to me, this is his first appearance since the Boba Miller ruling. This is he hasn't done any any interviews or anything like that. So I don't I don't I don't know. I didn't. I just would have assumed that uh, a lot of people had reached out, and it's it is flattering that he chose this uh, medium, this show, to make an official statement. He he knows that it's well listened to, but 
I still didn't put two and two together that it was going to be the first comments. I just knew I had to ask him because our listeners want to know. And I wanted to know. I wanted to know what he thought. Because Leonard is very thoughtful. He's not rash. He doesn't just say things to say things and then go back and try to clean it up. He doesn't walk things back. He'll wait to respond till he's had time to contemplate the way that he would like to articulate his thoughts and or feelings on a situation. And he also likes to get the information necessary to make an informed decision or comment. So when I asked him the question and he answered, I didn't realize it was the first. And I'm not trying to make too much of this, but here's why it's funny. Because I'm just used to our conversations, it didn't surprise me that he had a thoughtful answer and an interesting answer and that he, he gave you. It was only hours later last night. So I, I'm doing a better job these days of putting the damn phone away. Like when I get home, I'm doing a better job. It's a key it. to mental health. It man. is. Well, and I'm busier than I've ever been. And the kids are getting, they're growing so fast. And I just want to spend quality time when we play basketball together or doing whatever we can. So I learned that if you put this away, you're not tempted to always be checking work stuff or, you know, stupid text threads that don't really even interest, you know, all that stuff. Now, I go to my phone right before I'm going to bed last night, and there's like hundreds of responses and things on here. I'm like, what? Did I screw up? Did I say something crazy? Because I've done that. <laughs> I thought, did I, did I do something to piss people off? So the first thing I thought was, well, which I, whatever, I'll live with that, I, as long as it's not egregious. And I was just kind of considering, I didn't realize... It was in response to the Leonard Hamilton interview because he's great. And that response. So I had people nationally asking, hey, can we talk to you about that interview? Can we use the sound? People wanted to use the sound. But as far as I understand it, it's out there. Anybody can use the sound. It'd be nice if you credit me. But I mean. And if they want to use the video, that's why we watermark the video. You know, just, right. that's why we do these things. Uh, but, I mean, that's what was funny is I had these texts and, and there were emails from people I've never met before that in other states, like, hey, we would like to use this on KTR, but you know, can we do this? We, we have a basketball guy. Just use it. Oh, no, but it's okay. In some cases, the answer is for how much? But yeah, absolutely. It, it, it's yeah. out there. It's in a podcast. It's on the interwebs. It's on YouTube. It happens. People, anybody can do it. Yes, you're right. It's nice if they say that was Leonard Hamilton on the Jeff Cameron Show. But that's all you have to do in terms of attribution. So I was very, very surprised. But you know what it tells me? It tells me that people outside the Florida State community absolutely understand that this is nonsense, that this is crazy. Like, like you had people who couldn't care less about Florida State saying, making this a talking point. Not me, but the the, the answer Leonard Hamilton gave to the absurd NCAA ruling because it's an opportunity to once again highlight all the things that are wrong with the NCAA and have been forever. There's just been a long line of absurdities uh, from the NCAA, and this just adds to it. But I think the reason that it, it garnered steam and, and it be, it's a talking point is because the NCAA is in trouble. I mean, they're, they're reeling in the world of NIL. I mean, every day there's another talking point about when is it that the Power Five are going to break away and how many programs, let's say non-revenue programs, are going to survive if this thing fractures and all these talking points. So every time the NCAA does something stupid like that to hurt their credibility yet again, yet again, and it's absurd. Like, the, the, the ruling is absurd. 
it, this is almost universally agreed upon. I don't know who would argue that this isn't an insane ruling. Then it's one more opportunity for talk show hosts and writers and people who cover sports and cover collegiate sports to say, guys, this this is not going to help your cause. This is the kind of thing that is going to lead to your irrelevance yet, you know, faster. Well, yeah, even though they should have been irrelevant 10 years ago in 15 and 20 with the things that they've done over the decades that just make no sense and have no consistency to them whatsoever. Hopefully we could speed out of that. I would have thought the death knell would be well, after. Uh, well, there are many of them, right? But uh, after President Emmert said, y'all figure it out yourself to the women's <laughs> basketball tournament, after it was clearly shown on social media what yeah. the different weight room situation was, you figured out, you, this is the one thing that you put on, the basketball tournament. Like, really, the thing that has the the, the brightest lights shown upon it mm -hmm. is the NCAA's presentation really the last thing that they of have March Madness across on. both basketball sports. That's all they have. That's really all they have anymore. You, know, you don't have a million people waiting to get tickets to go to Cary for the... Uh, the College Cup, as much as I love that program, it's not exactly the NCAA's leading act. There's like 170 people. In That's right. Guy. And yes. they all live in Cary. Yeah. You know? It's correct. So this is the one thing that you need to get right, and you can't even do that. So it's just, that's an organization that I can't wait till it's gone, but I... I won't be stunned if it's still here five, ten years from uh, now. Well, the, the problem is, what's the alternative? Who's going to take it over? How's it going to look? Can you get people to agree upon that? I mean, it's... it's. The question is, what will happen first? Will the NCAA die, or will the U be back? It's going to be a close race. Very close race. Mm. I've got picks. i got them right here in my hot little hands. And, you know, it only takes one um, back baby kind of weekends to get arrogant, boastful, cocky, yet again. But I had a big week last week, gang. We were able to overcome some of the previous deficits in my picks, which have been shoddy. This has been a shaky season for yours truly, especially when you're used to greatness, when you're used to consistently being on the winning side for the season, to be sub-500 rolling into last week significantly is hurtful. It hurts me. To my core, I'm here to win. It's not about ego. It's about winning money. But I've been humbled, briefly. Uh, but a 19-4 and four week in our other pool, and then a 6-3-1 week on Redemption Thursday, and then a really solid Sunday for me in my personal life. Just, uh, it all came back in a hurry. Everybody wants to jump on this bandwagon. You just got to give them a reason. Two weeks in a row, and then the whole world, you, you think people are reaching out to you for information and credit for Leonard Hamilton audio. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They'll be saying, hey, can we get that Redemption Thursday audio in advance? It just takes two weeks in a row. Two good weeks. Here we go. And they're like, oh, he's back. He went through a slump, but he's back. Because people who are actual gamblers, who, who, do, who do it consistently, understand we all go through swoons. Is your process right? It'll come back around. Was it steeped in reason? You may have lost that wager, but you were on the right side. It just didn't work out because the game is still played by humans. And it's not your fault that that kid walking into the end zone about to garner a victory somehow fumbled and the ball hit the pylon, and now it's their ball at the 25, and you just lost the bet. That's a son of a gun when that happens. Or if, you know, the third stringer for Tennessee drives 95 <laughs> yards. 
and for a touchdown. Several fourth downs were on the long uh, right along the way for touchdowns. Yeah, that was a couple of years ago with the uh, Tennessee and Florida. Wasn't That's it? right. Yeah. That's right. Twice in the fourth quarter with under I don't know eight minutes to go, something like that. Well, you bet long enough, you're on the wrong end of some bad beats and some remarkable wins. This is a lean you year. You learn how to do that. You learn. How to, you're, you're having a rough one. You're a little rough stretch right now. I saw that. I've got a um, a potential if we can close the deal here. <laughs> And win a measly seven football games, everything's going to be right. Oh, season total, huh? Everything is going to be right in the world with just finishing the job. And if we win on Saturday, then that's about it. That's I crap. looked it up today, Tom. Did you know this? I bet you didn't. Well, maybe you did. Maybe I'll say it and you're like, oh, I did know that. But it wasn't on your mind, so I'll bring it back up. This is fascinating because I thought I remembered seeing it, and I didn't bet it. I, I'm mad at myself. You could have this summer, this past summer, you could have had Florida State plus nine against Miami. Plus nine. Plus nine. Wow. That's that's how different things were viewed, uh, how, how different in terms of the two teams, how they were viewed it, this offseason. Miami was way up here. Florida State was still perceived way down here. That line, had you bet it preseason sort of game of the year type things, those game of the year – a lot of times these books will release the Ohio State-Michigan game or the Florida State-Florida game or whatever it might be, right? They released Florida State-Miami, Florida State plus nine. That is a three-score difference from the opening line this weekend. Think about that. Um, and it's it's amazing. It's, it's, it's fascinating. Um, I didn't jump on that, and I'm mad at myself because I really believe had I looked at it, I would have thought enough of us, maybe not to win the game, but... The plus, plus nine, maybe. Yeah, but plus nine. It would have been Van Dyke and the offense. Can't be that bad. It's going to continue to roll. It's a good quarterback well, against but, a I mean, defense. We did know they were making a change at OC. We did know that. Correct, but against a defense you don't trust with a defensive line that's not going to generate a pass rush. That would have been the preseason take on it. And now we feel very good about the pass rush going into this weekend for two reasons. Number one, Jared versus healthy, and he is graded out to be a top 50 pick by most any outlet. Saw Pro Football Focus had like Jared Verse day yesterday on their publication. Mm -hmm. And then they're healthy in the interior as well. Plus Miami's offensive line's not very good. So, Yeah, just, just thought you should know. It's crazy. There are also, uh, I, I saw another line somewhere that uh, shocked me. I think I read where in the offseason, Oklahoma was favored over Baylor by 14 and a half. Good God. It's just crazy to think about now. You know, it's it's weird. All right, here are the games. Here we go. Let's get to it, guys. Let's hey, get to it. Headliner. Look at that. Took Florida State minus seven and a half against Miami. Laid it. Thought about being patient to see if it would come down even closer, even lower. But I saw that seven and a half. All week I've been emboldened. I have without question been more confident in Florida State in this particular game, this rivalry game against Miami, than I can remember being in a very long time. I can feel it all the way down in my plums. You, you've got to go back, Tom, to, to us winning 41-14 and not playing well against Miami. That, that the championship year. The yeah. best play of that game was a screen pass to mm. the left. I think it was before halftime. Yeah. And other than that, it, Jameis played. That was the worst game of his Heisman campaign. Yeah, he didn't play great. We just we were off. We didn't like Miami. We didn't even bother to. We're kind of like oh, you're not really a threat. 
we kind of knew they weren't a threat. Yeah, it, you know? it was an unsatisfying blowout because, remember, the week before, they were honoring Bobby on the field. He planted the spear, and then Miami survived against Wake. They had a score inside of two minutes mm -hmm. to retain undefeated status because we wanted game day, and it was a top 10 yeah, matchup. But yeah, we knew it was yeah. a fake top 10 matchup, but we wanted that and on they, the ledger. Yeah, they were very close to throwing that away. And we destroyed them, but it just didn't. You know, it could have been 70 to 10. It's just we weren't sharp. So that is clearly the last time that I felt this kind of confidence. And and admittedly, you know, I was saying to you off air this morning when we were talking about the show today and just talking about football, every time I do the hypotheticals with Miami about the matchup, and let's say I pose the questions of what does Miami do when we do this? What, how does Miami respond if we do this? If we choose to spread it out, if we choose all this stuff, right? Most of the time, I'm struggling to find the answer for Miami. But when I do it in reverse, I pretty much have an answer, a football answer every time for whatever Miami's trying to do with our personnel. That doesn't mean that we won't go down there and screw up situations and allow Miami to hang around, it doesn't mean that it won't be uncomfortably close into the second half because we don't take care of business. I mean, it's still a game played by humans, so I get that. That's more of Florida State's identity than it isn't at this point. Yeah. <laughs> Which is important. Sorry. Yeah, that was You're right in between. I was trying to let you know I was about to cough. Um, but the, the point would be... That was our situational offense. That was very good method acting right there. Thank you. I, but I again, if you remove the you from the helmet, if if this doesn't personal, if this doesn't hit you down deep in the cockles, where it is personal, you do care deeply. If if this were just say, I don't know, uh, Tulsa and in uh, in TCU, and you had and you knew a lot about both teams, but you were completely indifferent about all, both of them, and you had been watching. Tulsa struggle week in and week out. They had Miami's resume where they couldn't score against Virginia. They got housed at home by Duke. They got, uh, you know, you go on down the list. Middle Tennessee State walked into their house and dropped 45. All of these things, if that were the resume and you didn't care emotionally, you'd feel very comfortable saying, I think TCU is going to blow them out. You, you wouldn't even bat an eyelash. And nobody would be like, well, now, easy. You wouldn't care. But because it's Florida State, because it's Miami, because – we have a, an emotional history baggage, if you will, with that team, and you see those helmets and it elicits a response, the whole thing. You're just, it's almost like you can't bring yourself to say what the evidence tells you you should. But I, I refuse to do that. I'm not giving in this week. The evidence tells me Miami is not good enough in a lot of ways to beat Florida State. They're going to need help from Florida State. Could happen. Could Florida State go out down there and play poorly? Hey, would we have predicted that it was going to be a drop festival against NC State? Right, that's the thing. Right. It's like, like betting I, on a, a, a big-time golfer in a major who has a real problem with the putter, especially from five feet and in. You're always nervous. You're like, I mean, Victor Hovland should really carry this event. And then you see him on the second hole, and this is something that affects him the rest of the round. Yeah. It's a little left to rider, four feet. Oh, and oh. it lifts out. And, and you go, Victor, don't think about don't that. Don't think about that. It, it, it happens. You missed the right. putt. Whatever. We made one drop. Guys, guys. Yeah. It doesn't mean everybody else has to drop a pass. But that game against NC State, it was just hot potato. And it was unbelievable to watch. And they would have 
pulled away to a place in which NC State would have laid down. They were done. It was over. But no, you did drop all those passes r- repeatedly, and you, you made some ridiculous decisions, and you didn't execute in the red zone, and the next thing you know, it's a game, and you're the one who is tightening up because there's something about to be lost. And that is the only side of this that makes me nervous, is that Florida State has more to lose in this game than Miami does. We're the better team. Mike Norvell's further along in the rebuild. This is a game that Florida State ought to win as a heavy favorite on the road. All of the trends point towards Florida State winning this game. So, where's your level of maturity? Do you handle the emotions that go with a rivalry game like this one? You know, a year ago when we played Florida, we, we allowed Florida to get into our heads before that game. We allowed – you all right? <laughs> no, this is you jog my memory because we got a good email about that last night, so I'll forward it. I got it. I got that. You email. got it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So I will say that that was a – it was a good email, but it, it was a reminder, by the way, Tom, again, that that can happen. Like they were immature a year ago, and they allowed that to affect the way that they played. Have you learned your lesson from that? Uh, there's no doubt Mike has talked about that this week to his team, or will. Because if you're the inferior team and you're frustrated and you're the team that, that really has to, to, to factor in a lot of other things that have to go right that are kind of out of your control for you to win a game, you got nothing to lose. Why wouldn't you try? To fluster Florida State, to entice them to to get into their head. And it's not just about the Florida game. You had the incident between the third and fourth quarters of FSU Miami here last year where everybody's on the field. And I got to tell you, that's the one thing, I mean, among anything else, mm. in the time that Mike Norvello has made any public comments where I went, no, man, no. Do you remember when they had the series in the offseason and uh, they're, they're highlighting the playmakers and it's Coach Norvell and Jordan Travis sitting in the film room and, and they're going through this particular moment, and Mike Norvell says something to the effect of, I'll be honest, right here, what I was thinking, this is awesome. And I'm like, no, no, man, that's not awesome that everybody's out of the 50-yard line. Between the third and fourth quarters, we don't want to engage in this nonsense. You don't want to. You want to be the more composed team. Yeah, you're better than that. Now, I get this. This is an emotional game, and these two teams have a history of having a really, really heated emotional rivalry, and that's fine, but when you're the – when you're the class on the field, when you're the team that's supposed to win, when you're the one that needs to look at this as a business trip, then you remove all that. You, you know, It's only when it's one versus two and both teams are awesome and we're both jumping up and down that you're like, okay, I got it. Here we go. There's a lot on the line. Right. Miami, Miami's trying to bait you into doing dumb things and getting into your head. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, As calm as he was on the sideline, and as much as I enjoy it in the moment— you remember years ago, this is 2007, Florida, Georgia. And oh, when they, all of Georgia, all of Georgia players, goes yeah, on yeah, you know, into the end zone. The after, end. Yeah. That was an interesting move by Mark Richt at yeah, the time. Yeah, like, screw it, do it. Everybody loved it. Me, I'm like, nah, man, you know what? You just own them. What you do is you beat them by 30, and then you could do whatever you want after the game. But let's not engage in this nonsense, this yeah. very stupid stuff. I didn't even get through my games. I stopped right at Florida State minus 7.5 against Miami. 
That's how pumped I am for this game. We'll come back on the other side. I'll give you the rest of the games. Those of you that are watching online already saw the card, but I'll go through the card and give you my reasoning and all that good stuff in a moment. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 100 22 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. going to be all right on Saturday as far as weather goes. People noted that in the uh, in the chat that weather could be an issue. I'm looking at a couple different reports now, and Tom, I know you got a guy, you got a weather window guy, so we can look at his predictions as well. But I'm seeing an evening in the 70s and uh, just a 25% chance of rain, so yeah. weather partly cloudy. Sunday, the rain's coming. Uh, with higher percentages, and then on into Monday and Tuesday. So I think I think we're going to be all right. The interesting thing is it looks like it's accompanied by a decent amount of wind, but I don't know how it travels through that stadium given that the roof is kind of semi-closed. And I don't know. You've been there more than I have. In fact, I've never been inside there. If, if it can actually make it through the concourse the way it would, say, some of these modern-day baseball yeah. stadiums. No, it's it's fine. And it's talking about, what are they talking about, 15 miles per hour or something like that? I, I That's th- enough to affect maybe a, a decent length kick, and you know we don't want any variables for kicks or a, a minimal amount of variables. <laughs> well, Tom, I like to look and see if it's going to be a waxing gibbous or not. And uh, at that point, you get a better feel for uh, how the tides are going to pull and whether or not we'll make that kick. I, I, I factor in the wind as well as the, uh, the moon cycle, just so you know. So the wind does not concern you for no. Ryan Fitz? No. Okay. No, because when you're kicking a field goal to go up 30, you know, it's not like you, you worry about that's it. That's a good retort. You, you know, know why? You don't, you don't worry about it. You know why that's especially good? Mm. Because that means that you're up 27, which mm. means you've made a kick. Yeah. No, or yeah. Two. Yeah, it means, you know, you're like, oh, what the difference between 27 and 30 is just bragging. Or you've missed an extra point. You know, could it's be. Entirely, entirely possible. All right, here we go. Here are those picks now that I didn't get to last segment because I was carried away and talking about my embrace of Florida State minus seven and a half against Miami. I'm not a believer in LSU's t- turnaround to the level that clearly the committee and others are having this team ranked as high as they do. So I think Bama knows how to handle uh, the shoddy play at quarterback for LSU. Uh, they'll make him throw the ball. And I'm going to bet that he doesn't succeed as often as LSU is going to need him to. And I think he'll also make some mistakes. So I'll take Bama, Bama and lay the 13.5. But I'll confess that if Bama is, is if Bama plays poorly and, and this becomes – I mean, that environment is amazing. And those are great fans. And Bama has been bad on the road. So, okay. I mean, I'll allow for me doing two fingers to my eyes, two fingers back to you, Bama. But I think Bama 
will be buttoned up, ready to play, and, and, and I think they'll they'll beat an LSU team that they should handle pretty easily. Well, they get burned more often down the field through the passing game than they do by you know the Johnny Manzels of the world like they well, used to. Yeah. That would be the test here. Now, Jaden Daniels is incredible at scrambling and making Good some at things it, happen. As we saw, yeah. But their offensive line is also very suspect. I Yeah, I like Alabama here. Uh, okay, so a couple of factors right off the bat. I'm sure you're going to hit the siren on this one. I took Liberty plus 14 against Arkansas. <laughs> Woo! Some things to factor in here about Liberty. Um, first of all, Hugh Freeze probably wants the Auburn job, probably wants to get a major job. I know he's got an extension at Liberty. He doesn't want to be at Liberty. Uh, how could you? But the point would be they've played very well, and they can really score. Liberty can really put up points. I'm not in love with Arkansas's defense at all. They have a like opponent. They both put a hurting on BYU. Liberty beat BYU 41-14. to Arkansas went into Provo and beat BYU, but they gave up, I think, 30-something points. They did win mm. the game. So I just feel like it's a score fest here. And I'm getting four. I'm getting two touchdowns. And Hugh Freeze trying to make a statement, trying to go into SEC country and be like, "Remember me?" I know they do in Tampa. I'm stuck over here, at Liberty guys. You know that's no place for me, or is it? But the point would be, hey, I think he, I think he makes that move. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, Georgia minus seven and a half against Tennessee. Here's my thought on this, and I may lose this bet, but my reasoning is. The worst unit on the field in this game is Tennessee's defense. I understand they played well against Kentucky, who I think is sliding and may lose to Missouri this weekend. But Tennessee's defense has been shaky. And I I, I would say that I think Georgia does get enough stops against this high-powered offense to make the difference. Um, we'll see. Because if your retort to me is that Bennett hasn't looked great this year, and has had some non-competitive passes for Georgia, and is a guy that you may not trust in this matchup, uh, it's a fair response on your part at that point. I'm not going to push back with too much there because he worries me. He hasn't been as good this year. But I do think Georgia's defense will win them this game. Yeah, when you play matters, we talk about that week to week. In this case, year over year, this is the year to go get Georgia if you're going to, if you're Tennessee. Last year's Georgia team. Uh, oh uh, no, 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 no! Well, even I as good know. as that offense yeah, is, no, they, yeah, they, they, yeah. Last year's Georgia team is going to put right. a hurting on Tennessee. Yeah, fun game. I can't wait to watch it. It's why it's you know removing all of the breakdown and the in. The bottom line is, you're a college football fan. I'm a college football fan. This is the game you long for. I do think it's awfully interesting that Tennessee is ranked number one in all the land, and they're catching eight and a half points. Hmm, number one, huh? Catching more than a touchdown. Jeez. Well, the playoff committee knows more than Vegas, okay? <laughs> I guess. Uh, Tulane minus 7.5 against Tulsa. This has a lot to do. <laughs> RS is in the jackpot now, okay? Uh, so just so you know, if you've been paying attention, I've had a little little ride that I've gone on with Tulane this year. Tulane has done me right. They're a nice story. Quiet little story. Little top 25 team that can, right? They're, they're, they're every week. You're on a wave. Oh, you're on. well done. Well, well done. Uh, Ryan, I know you think Hyatt's going to have a big game against Georgia's secondary, and it's fair to say that because despite the whole world knowing who he is 
and that he's going to be targeted 15 times a game. Nobody covers him. Nobody covers him. I love going online and looking at all these breakdowns of this Tennessee offense because I really want to know. This is just about pure interest. I'm just curious. How in the world does a guy who's on everybody's radar, who has, I mean, it's not like they don't have ample amount of game film to watch that guy torching teams like, I don't know, Alabama, and nobody covers him. It's bizarre. Good job, William. I see you there. North Carolina minus seven against Virginia. Uh, this is more about Virginia. I, Virginia has corners that can cover. It's the best part of Virginia's team. So North Carolina, which has arguably the best offense in the ACC and best quarterback in the ACC, might struggle a little bit here. But that Virginia offense is just – I can't watch them. This is about a sandwich line. And, and I know that the Coastal is pretty rough. The pit trip shouldn't be that much of a thing mm-hmm. for North Carolina. But they did struggle in that game in the first 25, 30 minutes. Uh, and then next week they play Wake Forest. So I, that's probably what this line's about, too, that North Carolina might, you know, Mac Brown especially might say, y'all take a week. It's okay. Well, we'll see. I mean, Mac's too busy eating. But I would, I would tell you that I worried when I, when I typed this in, I worried a little bit, partly because you've gotten in my head with North Carolina, who's having a fine season. Um, in what way? Well, because Just in general, every time frauds? I type North Carolina down for a bet, I hear Tom going, Jeff, those frauds are going to let you down. <laughs> well, that's a good rule of thumb, but in this case, Virginia. Yeah, I mean, Virginia. If that offense was going to come to life, mm. that productive-ass offense from last year was going to come to life, it would have done it before November the 1st. It's not coming to life. No. No, it's not coming to life. They're a mess on offense. So I'll take North Carolina. I took TCU minus eight against Texas Tech. If you haven't noticed, I like to bet on TCU often. They continue to do well for me, and I will just ride that wave as well. Sonny Dykes, man, is out here beating ranked teams. That's what he does. He's like, well, or another ranked team. Let's beat that ass. Let's go, everybody. I will also take, uh, what did I get? Uh, oh, App State. <laughs> All right, that's fair, that's fair. I thought I could kind of sneak through there without anybody noticing. But I did take Appalachian State minus three against Coastal Carolina. It's not the same Coastal Carolina team that it was in years past. That reputation has been besmirched. Give me App State. Boise State minus seven and a half. BYU is at a tailspin. Boise State will add to their woes. They also have injury woes. So give me Boise State here, minus the seven and a half. And I do like what Director Matthew did here, uh, and good job. And I'm sure Tom likes this as well. Yeah, I saw it in the chat. I'm like, where did who came up with that? And then it was on the graphic. It's so on the I graphic. Have guessed that. Yeah. Instead of Notre Dame, he wrote Notre Dump and uh, Clemson. I'm giving the three and a half. Everybody. So work with me here, guys. I had Notre Dame last week to go and beat Syracuse on the road. And I took them on the money line. I didn't even need the points. You keep your stupid points. Wrong team's favorite. Give me Notre Dame. And they won. The, this, the Styles make fights. This is about matchups. Notre Dame could win this game. Clemson's not a juggernaut. They don't deserve to be number four in the country at all. They've got inconsistent play, a quarterback. All that's true. But from a personnel standpoint, Notre Dame wants to line up and just run the ball. They want to bludgeon you. It is their identity. It's what they 
I mean, that's their calling card. They're going to they're gonna run the ball 40, 50 times with their backs. They're going to run the ball. I don't think they have enough weaponry on the outside to make Clemson respect the passing game. So Clemson's going to walk a safety up. They're going to play with that front four. They're going to be told repeatedly, don't pull a Florida State here and let these guys just run on you. They Clemson was worried that we could throw the ball. So they just let their front four, but they protected their corners. And we ran it on them. So what is happening, I think, with this line is that people saw that Florida State could run on Clemson, and they know that Notre Dame is a running team and wants to run, and that game's on the road for Clemson, and they're going, man, Notre Dame's starting to play well. They just beat Syracuse. They're going to night kick under night, Jesus. Yeah, gonna, they're going to run the football. We now know Clemson's susceptible to the run. Eh, I don't think Clemson's susceptible to the run if they don't want to be. And I don't think they respect Notre Dame's passing game. So they're going to take the run away and say, beat us throwing the ball. Can you? And I think the answer is no. Now, the only way I lose this bet, I think, is on the other side of the ball. Clemson's quarterback yeah, play. Yeah, they yeah. could do the one-two shuffle. Yes, and that, going, that, picky, now picky, that picky. can happen, and that's why it's gambling, kids. That's why it's gambling. You don't know. If DJ goes out there and sorry ass, throwing the ball in the dirt, pick six the other way, next thing you know, I'm going, well, that guy's going to lose us the game. It's an interesting line for that you know, reason because last week the weird one was why is Wake, there's a lot of W's, only favored by as much as they are at Louisville? What, what gives here? Mm-hmm. Now, there's no way that Vegas knows they're going to turn the ball over six times in a quarter, <laughs> but I think they knew that Wake was going to turn the ball over six yeah. times in a quarter. I don't know how they do it. That line was. NFL interesting all week. Like, what do they know? Yeah, well, they ended up being, you know, prescient. Why, I, I, you know, why are the Chiefs only favored by two and a half at Indy? Like, it was that kind of a line. I'm going, what? I'm still, that is the, by the way, that particular example that you just gave. Might have been five and a half, but I, whatever I, that. I, it was something really low like yeah. that. It, whatever it was. And I remember at the time we were like, what's going on here? What, what is happening? Why is this line like this? And then there I was like an a-hole. In the fourth quarter, watching that game, and I'm seeing Indianapolis drive the ball down the field. I'm like, there it is. Indianapolis is going to beat Kansas City. There is, they could play ten times. Kansas City would win nine. But on this day, as predicted by Vegas, Indianapolis is winning this game. And you kind of knew it maybe like ten minutes in. You're like, oh, but see, they don't look right. They're choppy. How do, how do you know that? How right. do you- <laughs> yeah, you're at a poker game. There's yeah. a person that's under your skin because you're on tilt and you should have, you know, taking control of your emotions, and you're like, you know what, prove it. And you throw the extra 50 in. Mm-hmm. And then they do. And you're like, oh, they're not bluffing. Yeah. And I knew they weren't bluffing. Yeah, but I did it. Why but did I do my that? My pride was called into question, <laughs> and I'm too proud. Maybe later in the show, I give you that bonus segment, guys, where I just randomly tell you my Sunday Moneyline four-pick parlay that has been rolling on Big River lately. Four for four last week. Jeff Cambridge on 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chat TV. Back in the day, for the early morning games, like Saturday, Saturday morning, uh, I mean, noon games back in the day uh, when we were in school, I had a roommate that would crank that at like 6 a.m. to get us out of bed. 
And I was like, listen, I like Bob Marley and the Whalers with the best of them, but why that song? It's the most played Bob Marley song ever. It's a great song, but why, why do you always play that to wake us up? And he was like, it's just so happy. And I know you're going to be mad one way or the other when I crank this stereo because it's 6 in the morning and you didn't get home till 3. So I get it. You're tired. But if I crank something that was angry, it would just ruin it. Even You'd come out even angrier. Yeah. This, you, what, are you going to fight me listening to Bob Marley? You can't. It'll take the sting out of it. Yeah. That's a good idea. It wasn't. It, he wasn't wrong. Yeah. It would make you smile. After you got over the initial shock of hearing the speakers cranked at 6 a.m. for a noon kickoff after you've only been asleep for a couple of hours. Yeah, in college, my alarm was on my phone, and it, it was the sound of a missile silo, and that was never pleasant. Maybe I should have done that <laughs> and taken some of his advice and taken the sting out of it. Something delightful. You know, it's great about getting older and having morning responsibilities whenever that happens in your life, whether it's a job or kids or both. When it happens, and it happens to where you have to start new habits and you then have to be up every day. Like, I, I don't have a choice. I have to be up. Even I like getting up. But even if I didn't, I have to be up because I got to get – Bryce goes to high school and high school, high school starts early, Tom. I mean, damn it, man. These kids got to be at school by 7.15, 7.20. And kids take forever to get ready in the morning because they're just laying there in bed. They won't wake up. I now know this as a parent. I'm always having to go back in there. Get the hell up. And I try to be gentle. I try to go in there first. But like, hey, it's time to get up. Let's wake up, baby. You know, let's, come on. Let's get, let's get dressed. I'm going to get your breakfast ready. You know, get your stuff. Let's go. It never works. Never works. You got to go back in there a second, third time usually. And it's usually there's some sort of threat involved. Like, all right, all right. Now, listen, if you don't get up this time, it's all that stuff, right? But once you get in the habit of that, you can never really sleep in again. Like, I'm doomed. I cannot sleep in. I don't. I could go to bed at 5. My eyes would open at 5.45. It just does. It, I, I can't help it. But there's a plus to that besides getting your day started. The plus is you never need an alarm. I don't use an alarm. Ooh, that's still dangerous. Not yeah. for me anymore. It's been consistent enough that I wake up no matter what that I don't even set an alarm because I hate them. I hate alarms. I hate everything about them. When an alarm is in a commercial... I'll turn the commercial immediately. The second anybody uses like the classic sound of a of a, an alarm clock that like that, no, no, you you just lost me. I don't even know what you're selling. Goodbye, I'm done. I can't do it. I hate that sound with a passion. I'm sure it's intended to be that way, but I got to where when I don't need it anymore, there it is. That's it. That's all. Don't worry about it. I just you, open. My maybe eyes. you could use whatever uh, horn sound they have at the DJ set down at, at uh, Miami <laughs> Gardens when they hire them once every two years. Yeah, it's going to be a sellout. The parking lot littered with trash, and not just the people. You're going to see it. It'll be everywhere. It is an all-time classic going down there. I I embrace it. I'm not going this year. It's my son's birthday. Most years I go down there when we play. I have for a very long time, and I've learned to embrace everything that's ugly about it. All of it. I know the do's and don'ts. I know how to take it all in. How do we even appreciate the absurdity of some of it? I've like learned that about this rivalry. My dad started me taking, taking me to the old Orange Bowl back in the day, many, many moons ago, early 80s, all the way through. And so there was a stretch where I did not miss Florida State, Miami, home or away for over 25 years. Went to every one of them. You know, I've never been to this rivalry in the south, southern part of the state. You've never gone down there? Something's that, something always fell through. 
there was always a circumstance. It's not for a lack of wanting to or fear of going there or anything along those lines. It's just it's something has always not worked out. I want to, um, depending on when the game is two years from now down there, I'll take you down there. Um, we'll, we'll go together, buddy. I, there, there's enough really good things. You know, I, obviously we could all point out the bad, but there's a lot of really good things there too. And it can be fun. And you would be with good people that uh, you know, and we would all have a really good We'll go good time. to Las Taquitas. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. right? Your place, Las Taquitas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. We would go have a blast, and there's a few other things that are a lot of fun. We could gamble if we wanted. We could, we could have a good time. There's a lot of great restaurants, a lot of great restaurants if you know where to go. My wife was down there in 06. I think that was the Monday night game um, for, yeah, it was Monday night for Marching Chiefs. And that was still at the old place. And they were uh, throwing full beer bottles and beer cans at the at the Chiefs, who are incidentally not going this year because Miami makes life on. They also Chiefs throw them in the middle of nowhere. They yeah. put them yep. out where you can't even hear them, so it's almost pointless. Full glass beer bottles being chucked at the Chiefs. Yeah, not, so that was what it was. You know what's nuts? Nobody's shocked to hear you say that. Not even Miami fans. T-Rev, the game dev, writes, which had the better 4th and 14, 2003 UF or 2021 UM? You know, they're both always going to be um, nestled near and dear to my heart because I just love his little South Park character. I did I'm too. sorry. That's a it is a great thing. It makes me laugh. I um, I was at Eric Llewellyn's house for the fourth and fourteen in 2003, and I've told the story. Eric is a big man, former offensive lineman for Florida State. I picked him up. I was so filled with energy and enthusiasm after the fourth and fourteen, the touchdown. P.K. Sam. Uh, but I have to tell you, the 2021 4th and 14, uh, I would, I, sen- sentimentally, I would tell you, means more because I was with both my boys and my dad in the stands, and that was freaking awesome. That was incredible. I think the 03 is just objectively better because you have another bomb behind it. Oh, you the P.K. Sam touchdown is incredible. Last year you had a one-yard touchdown run, which is great, but, I mean, it's like two daggers on that drive. Well, there's a lot. There's a lot to take in there. A lot of reasons for both. Hour number two, forthcoming. Stay with Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV.